oh, do I have to touch these people? Oh, Michelle, is that you? Is that I you? Don't wow. I know. I, I have the robe on. I have the bed hair. I have makeup down my face and I'm hungover. Sorry. Wowee. <laughs> Someone didn't do Sober September. No, sorry. I was on the uh, coffee martinis. Espresso martini. I can't even talk. Jesus. Espresso martinis. <laughs> and you don't even drink coffee, Michelle. So imagine... The nootropics just vibrating through your body. Yeah, where are they now? I feel like hell. Have you had any painkillers this morning? I did. I just took a really strong 600 ibuprofen. Really strong. Uh Yeah, I know. And also, I just, I, I ate breakfast. I don't normally eat breakfast. We'll be seeing that breakfast again in a little while. (laughs) Anyway, listen, good morning, good day, good afternoon, etc. Wherever you're listening in the world and at whatever time, eavesdroppers, it's of course eavesdropping time time. (laughs) with Michelle who's hungover and Geordie who's not. Yay! Oh, Michelle... There we go! That's how I feel today. Woo! All right. Is it because you had that... You've got a nice new haircut. Well, thank you. It looks great. You've got a little bit of pink rinse. I think you'll find it's rose gold. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. It's not a pink rinse. I hope I don't look like a middle-aged woman trying to be funky, but, you know, (laughs) what can you do? So, Michelle, I'm a little bit embarrassed, though. Oh, why? Because, I mean, last week... I mean, today is our the first of our many-parted ghost oh. episodes. Last week, we really made a big song and dance, didn't we? Oh, in no. Uh, well, no, you agreed. You did agree. You said, yes, we've got so many people that are new eavesdroppers that are sending us information. And um, we probably can't, we don't have enough for one episode, so we're going to have to do two. But on closer inspection... There wasn't much to go on. That's a bit thin on the ground. A bit thin on the ground. So please, eavesdroppers, if you've ever had something spooky happen to you, get in touch. So today's episode, which we'll get to in a moment, is going to be just a roundup of some info that some people did send. So don't worry, you will get your shot art. And your ghosty stories. But, well, speaking of shot arts, uh, I wanted to have a little shout out to Rachel Rod. Long time listener. Hi, Ray. I didn't really realize she'd stuck with us. And she said, loving the pod. So we're loving you, Ray. We're loving, loving, loving life. And we're loving you, Ray. And every other eavesdropper out Out there. there. I know. We love you all. Thank you, Ray, for listening. We appreciate it. And you see, you get your name read out on the podcast if you say (laughs) that you listen. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to be outed. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, Michelle, I was listening to the news this week Mm. and I had to stop what I was doing because something came on that I've always had an interest in. And actually, we have done Mm. a, I think we covered this story very mildly in a series two episode 10 let's talk about witches do you remember you talked about christy bamu awful story it was really trigger warning guys that was a rough one but this one's quite rough too so again trigger warning straight off the bat there's an update on the boy whose torso was found in the thames 20 (gasps) years ago adam no yeah but no new information i listened with great intent 
what they said was they, they kind of just recapped that he was they knew that he was born in Benin City. He was about five or six, I think, oh, no. unfortunately. Oh, and he was only in the in the UK for a matter of weeks before they found this torso in yeah. the Thames. And forensics found inside his stomach contents were river clay, flecks of gold, animal bones, and part of a calabar bean, which apparently causes paralysis. Which made them think that he must have been murdered in some kind of ritual. They did have some leads. They had quite a few leads. And I think at one point they did find the boy that they thought it was. But he was alive and well somewhere in the United States. Hmm. But 20 years later, police are appealing once more for witnesses. Because they feel that perhaps the loyalties may have changed over the years. So now they want more information. So watch this space. I've always found that gruesomely fascinating yeah that's that is grim wow okay well i've been uh following with interest although I, i'm not sure where they're up to at the moment with the gabby petito and brian laundry case now, what is this because somebody mentioned that to me she's a youtuber is that right an influencer no she was trying to be i mean she had some job gave it up to be a van life youtuber so her and a boyfriend yeah instagrammer doing youtube all of that and she it, it, it's really tragic actually and i don't know that much but the whole world is riveted by this case and she apparently had some mental health issues sort of anxiety maybe a little bit bipolar so did the boyfriend so so hang on both her and the boyfriend suffered from anxiety and mild mental health issues. Is I that what you're saying? I think so. This is what I've read. So please correct me, uh-huh. anyone who's who's read more than this. But uh, there was some body cam footage that had been released from when the from the police. So the police um, now in America have have body cams so that they can really keep a, a track on what people are doing. I guess it's made them come, here too. Really? Yep. So maybe this was implemented after you know the guy that got kicked to death George Floyd don't forget that name yeah yes uh there's body cam footage of the police going look at this van and it goes up the curb and they pull over the van are they behind it yes they so they they pull over the van she gets out Gabby Petito gets out She's bawling her eyes out. Um, the guy has scratches on his face. They're clearly fighting, having a really rough time. Ooh. The the footage goes on for an hour and a half or something. And basically they get separated. But then obviously they meet up the next day. And a few days later she goes missing. Right. Uh, they found her body a couple of days ago. And oh, my God. He's gone missing. He's He can't be found. Hang on, I heard that he returned home, wouldn't help the police in their inquiries, and then went missing. Yes. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So, because they thought he was being cooperative, and then now he's gone. Apparently, there's been some footage of him spotted on a deer cam in one of the forests. Deer cam? So, ca- so deers now have body cams. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, no, I think it's more a camera in the forest. So hunters okay. can see whether or not any deer are, the deer are out, you know. Right. But, um, yeah, so watch this space. But, you know, there's been a lot of backlash against this case saying this. In what way? How is is this getting? She's a missing person, but she's gorgeous and she's white and she's young right. with long blonde hair. Why is this getting all the attention at when there are missing cases, missing persons cases every day 
and nobody else cares. So mm. I think it's just really, um, yeah, sh- I mean, she's gorgeous. It, she's a YouTuber, you know, she's... She has a social profile, kind of like a public profile. And she makes, you know, good television. So I think, yeah, there's been a lot of backlash, but... Either way, it's it's pretty tragic because, yeah, she mm. ha- her body has been found. She's dead. That is really sad. And we don't know. We can't pass comment because we don't know what's going on there, what's happened. No. We don't. But another woman went missing here in London, actually. Oh, God, I saw that. And they believe Sabina... Nessa. Or Sabrina. Something. Sabrina Nessa. Yes. Sabrina Ness. Sorry. Mm. Sabrina Ness is her name. She was a teacher. She was young, in her 20s, and she was... I think something happened to her in broad daylight and they seem to have caught the man who perpetrated it. I'm not sure if he knew her or not, but women are getting a bit furious at being told how to behave in public to avoid being murdered. Instead of, let's look at what's happening. Why are they murdering the women in such huge numbers? I mean, we don't hear about women murdering women. No. So we've got to take a deep, dark look at our society and the way that we're raising our men and the way that men are viewing women in society is the bigger question that people are asking here in the UK right now. Well, I think porn has a lot to do with this, actually. Possibly. Porn has become really very widely and freely available. It's often really, it's abusive towards women, even though many of these women are supposedly empowered because they're powered and all of that stuff but actually the scenarios of a lot of porn it's degrading it's really mildly abusive towards women and this carries over education is where it begins i think we need to have a more honest conversation in the classrooms and parents should be having these conversations around the dinner table now that's just my view and mine but hey ho so we can move on and talk about ghosty (laughs) woasties can we oh all right all right well look I actually went and did some googling aka googling (laughs) what (laughs) Michelle honestly please sorry someone needs a little lie down Robbie Williams you know we have talked about Robbie before because he was involved in uh the Skinwalker Ranch Searching for aliens. He Which has a big I didn't interest. find. You oh. have to tell me where to find that. I'd like to see it. Oh, I just just go on any of those dodgy streaming apps. Okay. Oh, yeah, you know, where you get all the porn every time you click. Anyway. And that's why you know so much about porn. And I don't. You just can't help but know about it. I mean, I have, I've <laughs> got a friend who... He's he was so addicted he now has to limit himself. He's only He only allows himself to watch it for one hour on a Sunday. Uh, because it was ruining his his sex drive and his libido like he couldn't get it up without watching porn so he was like oh this is a problem and then the in real life like these ladies who he was doing it with can ever live up anyway back to robbie williams wowie yeah 20 odd years ago he rented dan Aykroyd's house in laurel canyon now i don't know if anyone any of our younger listeners even know who Dan Aykroyd is, but he was comedian. Well, I, I was trying to remember him because uh, he is quite into MUFON and UFOs as well. Yes. I heard him him and Robbie Williams both in an interview with Joe Wood on her now defunct podcast, Alien Nation. Alien Nation. Did you get your info from there? Yeah, this is where a lot of the info that I'm going to talk to you about came from. Wonderful. 
But yeah, Dan Aykroyd, he was just a, an 80s comedian. And in fact, his brother is a UFO hunter. Oh, is he? But wasn't Dan Aykroyd one of the Blues Brothers? Yes. So the, the later generations will know about the Blues Brothers, right? Because that's Surely. iconic. Yeah. So he was one of the Blues Brothers. But yeah, so he owned this house. Maybe, no, I think he sold it um, in Laurel Canyon on 7708 yeah. Woodrow Wilson Drive. Which mm-hmm. is super famous. I've been, I've been along there. Amazing, gorgeous houses. And he lived there for three months. And he says he was haunted by the spirit of Mama Cass from the Mamas and the Papas. Yep. Because she used to live in that house. She right? did. Yes. So like you said, he went on to Wood's Alien Nation podcast. And for anyone who doesn't know who Joe Wood is, she's the ex-wife of Rolling Stone Ronnie Wood, who I met. Did you? Yeah, I met the whole family. Um, and it's actually... All the Woods. All the Woods. I met Joe. I met Ronnie because Leah was in a band who was playing with us. And oh, wow. Yeah. And so they came to, along to see Leah's gig and uh, we were playing and then we met everyone. They were all so lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's fab. And there is a picture of me and Ronnie hanging around somewhere. Actually, it's probably been burned. But yeah. So uh, like you said, she has this podcast. She doesn't do it anymore. Sadly, because it was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's sort of, I think she stopped around the beginning of the pandemic. So Pandemic, she did. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be haunted by that. Um, but yeah, so she had Robbie Williams on and he said as soon as he entered that house, he knew there were ghosts there. And he actually said to the spirits in the house, I know you're here and I'm going to respect your space. I please ask you to respect mine as I'm scared of you. <laughs> so he didn't say, don't you know who I am? I'm Robbie Williams. I'm Robbie no. fucking Williams. <laughs> do you know what? I do quite like Robbie Williams. I don't. Why? I find him supremely irritating. I like, I used to hate, take that when they were big. Yeah. All of them. Now yeah. I really like the other ones, but not him. I really like Ga- Gabby Barlow. Oh, And I yeah. really like... Donald Howard Donald Duck and I really like Jason <laughs> Orange and you... Mark Owen and I know all their names I was gonna say how do you know their names I don't They're know any of TV them TV here in the UK all the time well, doing things they're national treasures well they are and I actually liked when Garibala was when he was one of the judges on X Factor he was amazing you laughed I loved. Oh, you loved. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's a, he's oh, a lovely love. man by the look of it. He was, and he was very fair with his criticisms, and I thought he was really good. And he sings a lovely tune. Oh, oh, he does. He does. But you know what? The one, the reason that I like Robbie Williams is because I was playing South by Southwest, which is a big festival in the, in the States, and my other friends were playing, and they got me into Robbie Williams' set. Which was like, you know, it was sort of press only. And I mean, there was hardly anyone there because this was a long time ago and people weren't really interested in him. But he was absolutely fantastic. He was such a performer, such a showman. He was funny as fuck. And he was lovely afterwards. So I, yeah, he turned me around on that one. Right. Now I remember why I don't like him. When you were talking, it just occurred to me that I saw a a live live show of his on a new year's eve probably pre-pandemic 
and I was horrified. Why? One, he didn't seem to want to be there. So he was performing oh. in Leicester Square. You know, fireworks were on. It was a new year. And he was touching people's hands in the audience reluctantly and then wiping his hands with like anti-back. This is pre-pandemic. And fair enough, he does, probably doesn't want to get sick and ruin his voice and stuff. But I just found it so distasteful that he was like, oh, do I have to touch these people? And he looked mm. like he was like, come on, everybody, just adore me. And he, he wasn't putting much into it. So perhaps that was him on a bad day. Because yeah, yeah. as much as I love Sonic Youth, I've seen them multiple times I've seen them really, really rock it and really draw everyone in. And then I've seen them all like had just had a huge argument mm. and no one was talking to each other and they played like fuckwits. I mean, you you know, you're a musician. I am too. You, you always have good gigs and bad gigs and it can be anything. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe Robbie just... Maybe it was a good day for you and a bad day for all of the United Kingdom on that year, <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> anyway, move on. I want to hear this story about Dan Aykroyd. No, Robbie Williams. It is Robbie. So he felt these ghosts, this ghostly presence in the house, but actually he wasn't the only one. He said he had a friend who was staying with him at the time and uh, Robbie saw him when he, like the friend had come out of the shower and he was white as a ghost. And Robbie was like, hey, you know, what's up? And he's like, I just had a conversation with someone who wasn't there. So the friend was completely freaked out. And Robbie, I think, was like, yeah. You know, there are ghosts in this house. And then one night, Robbie says he was watching telly and the Mamas and the Papa song, California Dreaming, came on the television. And I don't know if it was a soundtrack to something or it was an ad or I don't know. But he said there was a change of atmosphere in the room and a silence that he has never experienced before or since came over the room. He said it just gave him chills. And after that mm. incident, his dog, Sid, would not go in that room again. Wow. So, yeah. And then one day, Robbie ran into his mate, Zach Starkey, who is the son of Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. And again, for our younger listeners, Ringo Starr. Was, they were in the Beatles. Yeah, he was the drummer in the Beatles. One of my favourites, actually. I love Ringo. Everybody knows who Ringo Starr is. Do you think? Right? I don't know. Have, they have to. I don't think we can assume anything. No, we mustn't assume you're right. <laughs> anyway, so Robbie ran into Zach Starkey and apparently Ringo used to live in that house and, and oh. own that house as well. He had spent a lot of his childhood in that house Zach said to Robbie, oh, I hear, I hear you're at the old house. Have you met the kids yet? We used to play with them when we were little. Oh, my God. So they all played with ghosts in that house. And it's been haunted for decades. And then when Robbie was moving out of the house, the movers who were helping him refused to go back in the house because they'd seen Why? an old lady sitting <gasps> in a chair. Well, that's not Mama Cass. She wasn't old. No. But then apparently Dan Aykroyd in some interviews from the 80s said he felt the house was haunted and there yeah. were spooky things going on in the house. And that was what inspired him to write Ghostbusters in 1984. Oh, yeah. yeah. Michelle, yeah. you've just done the origin story for Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. A star-studded version. Well, before – no, after Mama Cass owned it, Natalie Wood bought that house. Oh, yeah. She died in mysterious circumstances. She did. And I think we need to investigate that actually in another episode Ooh. because 
There's apparently been new information that has come to light in that case. Has there? Yeah, with Robert Wagner. Very unlikely that you and I are going to get to the bottom of it. No. But it's interesting to talk about. It, it is. But yeah, back to Dan. He reckons he experienced a force that slammed doors in the house, mysterious playing of the piano, and something that kept turning on his stairmaster. Which, oh. when I read that, I thought he meant like a Stanner stairlift. That is exactly what I thought. Yes, but then I was like, he I couldn't. Thought, is, he, is he so lazy he couldn't walk up the fucking stairs? But then I looked it up and I actually think they mean a running machine. So I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's, that's that more is. likely. Yeah. 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 And he said one night he felt someone crawl into bed with him. And it wasn't his wife, Donna Dixon. And look, I don't know if you remember Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, the movie. I've, you know, I went on YouTube and I was looking up clips of Ghostbusters. And then this clip comes on and it's called the Ghostbusters blowjob scene. What? Yeah. So he's in bed and a ghost is hovering over his bed, pulls the sheets back, undoes his belt buckle, pulls his pants down. And basically goes down on him and you just see him do cross eyes like, huh. It's really distasteful. I just can't imagine any modern day movie allowing ghost sex. It did. It did, honestly. And I remember people just laughing about it. It's kind of weird. Anyway. That won't be in the remake. No. But then look, in two thousand and three, in an interview, uh, when he was talking about these ghostly experiences, he said, I'm sure it's Mama Cass you get the feeling it's a big ghost. And I read that and I just thought, oh, do you know what? What a dick. What a dick comment because it's just not nice. And actually, when I started looking into Mama Cass, because, you know, everyone always takes a piss and it's like Mama Cass, like, died of eating a ham sandwich. There's a really good podcast, actually. You must remember this. And she talks about... Mama Cass in one of the series that she does yeah it's the golden era I've mentioned it before yeah the golden eras of Hollywood and I find that one really fascinating the one about Mama Cass and also the Charles Manson one's pretty must listen as well well the whole thing about the ham sandwich it's like it's false it is because they said they found a ham sandwich a ham sandwich next to the bed and they just speculated that oh she choked on a ham sandwich but then they thought oh maybe she had bulimia and she either like choked on the bite of ham sandwich going down Mm. or when it was coming back up but actually years later they revealed she just died from a heart failure and she was only 32 and it was basically because she was obese so it had nothing to do with the ham sandwich it's just one of those horrible bits of folklore and it was just just because they couldn't handle someone who with talent being successful who didn't conform to the beauty standards of the era i think do you know what she had such a soulful voice she was an incredible songwriter but she just was a big girl. She was a big girl. She was overlooked. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's amazing. Robbie Williams, Dan Aykroyd, Mama Cass, Natalie Wood. Doris. Cloris. Maureen. Doreen. Leslie. Wesley. Tracy. And Stacy. Michelle, you know that I had a conversation with our very favourite real estate agent, psychic real estate agent, 
Hazel, the psychic real estate agent. Hazel. So our friend, friend of the show, Hazel, the real estate, Hazel, the psychic real estate agent, she recently sold a house. So this is latest (gasps) updates. Yeah. She recently sold a house, which was due for completion. And in the following days, she got into her car at home, ready to go to work. Yeah. She noticed there was a little Italian man sitting next to her in the passenger seat. (gasps) Oh my God. He insisted on riding to work with her and Hazel was sitting there thinking, what the hell are you doing here? I don't know you. Yeah. Why are you here? What do you want? <laughs> I can imagine her saying, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> so he followed her. She got to the office. She just tried to ignore him, but he was sitting there chatting away. He followed her to the office. She was sitting at her desk with her team in the other room and she couldn't reveal that she had a little man with her so she was conducting a very stressful conversation with him out of the side of her mouth he's very agitated and he's saying you sell my house oh. you, my, you sell my house my what my daughter my wife they're gonna blow the money i need you to get their heads and bang them together <laughs> oh my god apologies for the accent that's how she did it but that's how my dad would sound Really? Not even joking. <laughs> really? yep, you sell my house. <laughs> so Hazel was trying to ignore him, but he just kept tapping her shoulder, irritating the hell out of her. And he kept saying, then suddenly she thought she was being told off because he's got his finger in her face going, number one, number one, talk to number one. Wow. So she's thinking she's in trouble. Why is he wagging his finger? But then in her mind, she sees power tools and hammers and things like that. So... And then he says, he's the head of the family. He's the head, number one grandson. He's the head of the family. She's like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know who you are, Hazel says. And he said, you should never have sold the house because they're going to they're gonna blow the money. They won't buy another house. They're going to be homeless. Oh my and God. then he starts crying. <gasps> so he's really agitated and crying and emotional. And Hazel's sitting there trying to pretend that he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, looking at the side, the corner of her eyes, mouth is slightly moving. She's none the wiser. And she said to him, listen, I don't know who you are. So in her mind, he she was shown a house and she she went in. In her mind, she goes into the house and yeah. she saw a sideboard and she saw a family photo. He was in it. Okay. And then she was thinking, she's still in the dark. But then suddenly she recognized the family and she thinks, oh, no. That's the people whose house I just sold. And I remember the daughter's name. Yes. So she surreptitiously asks one of the ladies in the office who was around the same age as the daughter. Yeah. If she knew this person. Yeah. And if she had a son. The colleague said she did know the lady. And yes, she did have a son and that he's a builder. Okay. So things are falling into place here. Then the little old man disappears for about an hour. Okay. So Hazel's like, phew, and she can relax a bit. Thank God. And then he comes back tapping away, <gasps> tapping on her shoulder. No. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't sell a house. They're going to be homeless. These two, they're bad for each other. Oh they're never going to have a house. They're <gasps> going to blow the money. So what so happened? She's like, oh, my God, please, why are you here? So then she says to her PA, does anyone know the family of this house we just sold? Yeah. And the PA said she did know her, them. She said, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, I know them. I know her. Like, so this PA used to work at the nearest social club, or the town social club. Yeah. And those two, so the mum of, so this little old man's wife. Yes. And her daughter, who is quite old. The daughter has a grown up son. Yes. Right. 
they're massive poker machine addicts. <gasps> and they would come in at 10 a.m. every single day oh and God. just throw money into those machines and burn through it. Wow. Obviously, to the point where they had a reputation for being like they poker addicts. Wow. Yeah. So the PA said, oh, why did they sell their house? And Hazel says, I don't know. Then the PA answers, I bet it's because they punched so much money through the pokies. Gambling debts. Yeah. And then the PA said, you know, they've already bought a new Mercedes. No. Burning the money. So really, they really are burning through the money. Yeah, yeah. But it's too late. The house is, you know, it's sold. It's almost science. It's sold. They've got the money. Poor Hazel didn't feel like she could call the grandson and ask him to bash his mother and his grandmother's heads <laughs> together because their irritated and uptight grandfather said he's, you know, because he's going off his tree. Yeah. So <gasps> she didn't make the call. No, but, but also it's not it. her place. I mean, she could have said, listen, I have a, a message from your your dead grandfather he says this now I didn't want this message I didn't want to have to call you but in order to put your granddad's spirit to rest I need to make this phone call because he won't stop tapping me and bloody talking in my ear (gasps) oh my god Hazel do you know what that's a lot of responsibility to put on a a human from the spirit world I mean would she have sold the house beforehand if she'd had him tapping during the viewings or I mean again she probably would have it's her job so yeah but she could have said guys have you got somewhere lined up you know I have got a a great little place it's within your budget yeah she probably would have done something like that yeah but anyway oh gosh there was another lady who was about to buy a property that had tenants in situ so it was a tenanted property and the tenant rang Hazel to say I just want you to know that there is a poltergeist in this house and it's thrown my daughter across the room. It's quite violent. What? You're gonna have you're going to have to disclose this to any any potential buyers. So Hazel yeah. took this on board and she thought, well, I better phone the governing the real estate governing body to find out what the disclosure regulations are. Yeah. So she did. And the person on the other end of the line said, Oh, okay. Well, we think that what you should do is go out to the property and stay the night and what? see for yourself. <laughs> what kind of advice is that that is ridiculous it's crazy right so hazel is not quite sure if she wants to do that or if she should do that so eventually she thinks okay i'll call the police because she was told by the tenant that they had even had the police out there that it's been reported so hazel calls the police and says i believe you've been called to this property due to an entity and the police replied (laughs) I believe we did. And then we referred the caller on to mental health services. Oh. So Hazel kind of thought, well, right, rather than spend a night in a house that potentially has a poltergeist or at the very least a drug-addled tenant trying to put the buyer off. Oh, okay. She just thought, you know what, I'm just going to tell the buyer. Okay. I'm just going to be up front. Right? I'm going to disclose. How come she didn't just go to the property? Because I think she's so psychically intuitive, intuitive she that she would have yeah. felt whether or not there was something there. Oh, she would have been at the property. Mm. She would have been there, but she wouldn't. Have, she didn't want to stay the night. <sighs> so she told the buyer. Okay. But the buyer wasn't fussed and she went ahead with the sale. And the next day, after all the signings, the real estate body called Hazel back, having escalated her query and told her that, Poltergeists are not disclosure material after all, and it wouldn't be necessary for her to sleep the night in the property. <laughs> and she was like, too late, mate, I've sold it. <laughs> exactly. All done. Thank you for your help. Not wow. Anyway, 
The final story from Hazel so far, and let's hope she has a busy next quarter because I'd like to catch up with her again at the end of the year. She had a probate estate. That means the, deceased the owner estate. has died. Yeah, so the owner had died and the client was the daughter of the deceased and she took Hazel to this riverside property. It backed onto a river. Okay. She's walking Hazel around and Hazel sees that all the furniture, the bed, the clothing, all belonging to the dead mother mm. is still there. So she's expecting a tap on the shoulder or at the very least a little stroke on the cheek. So she said, like, this is weird. All mum's stuff is here, but mum's not here, thought Hazel. Eventually, this daughter takes Hazel to the rear of the property, which backs onto the river. And there's a clearing there. And that's when deceased mum turns up, stroking Hazel's (gasps) cheek and saying, oh, hi there. Hello. (laughs) G'day. G'day. Hazel said to herself, I didn't expect you to be here because it was so far away from the house. Yeah. Then the daughter pipes up to say, oh, this is where mum and I would sit. Now I come down with a drink and think about mum. And Hazel thinks, well, that's because your mum's here saying this is my favourite place. Oh, that's so nice. Then all Hazel's hairs are standing on end as chatty, the chatty dead mum throws her arms around her. <gasps> She's in an embrace oh with this woman God. standing in front of her daughter. Yeah, yeah. And then the daughter tells Hazel, this is where we brought the coffin before the cremation. We left it here for a few days and then had a few drinks, you know, around mum's <laughs> coffin to see her off. And where you're standing mm. is where we had her. That's where she was positioned. Oh, my God. Hence, the chatty dead mum is still there talking away to Hazel, who had to ignore her and just do a appraisal before leaving. <gasps> But do you know what? That is a happy ghost. Someone who... Happy, happy ghost. And do you know what? Oh, good I love. Oh, good I. But do you like the view? Yeah, but do you know what? In a way, that's really sad that the daughter is selling the place where her mum is super happy. And, you know, she's not going to be able to go down there and have a few drinks, think of her mum, because no. it's not going to be her property anymore. Oh, I hope the mum's all right true. about that. Well, yeah. no choice, really. But... Oh, I love Hazel's stories. Thank you. I know they're good. She's psychic. She's a real estate agent. Name's Hazel. She can feel it in the waters. She's Hazel's psychic real estate agent. Salt and high speeder. So we also had a new listener. I believe they're a listener. I'm not sure. There's a New South Wales ghost hunter by the name of Chef Sean 666 on Instagram is his handle. He got in touch and he's the member of a team of ghost hunters named Southern Storm PRT. So that is the hashtag that he would like any interested listeners to follow. Okay. They, what they do in Australia, they uh, they go to potentially haunted sites and places where crimes were committed and they switch on all their amazing machinery. Yes, they've got fancy things that pick up sounds and electromagnetic yeah. and sounds you've heard some of the stuff so he sent me quite a few bits and pieces but i i just kind of picked up on one particular story they have a lot of imagery and sounds that they pick up and they go on these ghostly night tours so there was this one time that they went to a Parramatta cemetery called st john's and in the recording that i heard and you heard too michelle you can hear sean saying the words warmth on her lower back when a whisper can be heard saying we can cut your leg like that. God, yes, I did say, I do remember this one. We can cut your leg. We can cut your leg. That's it. Sean looked down to find a small wound on his leg and a trickle of blood. Yes, that freaked me out. 
Yeah. I did think. And it was it was creepy. It was so creepy. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. But anyway, Sean says he's had ghosts swear at him and call him a fat see you next Tuesday. Whoa. He's felt as, as though they want to push him <laughs> or do him harm. And he's had his backpack pulled on as he's entered a building by something behind him. <gasps> yet no one was there. Oh. And he said God. that, yeah, often the team feel very unnerved. And the, and the following day, it kind of is a carryover. They wake up in the morning still feeling very unnerved. And they've, it's known in the trade as a haunted hangover. Oh, where the ghosts and negative energy can drain you. Well, I think I wonder if I'd prefer that to what I have right now. A haunted hangover. I don't think you would. (laughs) (laughs) But finally, Michelle, I just want to tell you quickly that I have a friend called Mm. Alex Smart who is English, but I met him in Australia and then he moved back to the UK for a while where he was working as a, a photojournalist. He wrote a piece about haunted sites in the home counties. Home counties are Berkshire, Surrey, and other ones I can't remember. In the Reading Chronicle. Reading Chronicle, thank Sorry. you. Sorry, Alec. The Reading Chronicle. So Alec mentions, it's a really interesting article, and he's a fantastic photographer. So follow him on Instagram, Alec Smart Photos. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of great punk rock band photos. He's got some interesting social commentary photos. And then there's all this work that he did for Paranormal Activity. So he mentions that there are three main areas of Paranormal Activity. There is the time slip, the stone tape theories and poltergeists. That's one, two, three, right? Can you elaborate on those? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. I certainly can. I'm personally a big fan of the time slip. And we've talked about this before, Michelle, in previous episodes. I often wonder if the layers of time and reality get muddled mm. and we can witness things that have been seen before or are still to come. I mean, we've talked about this, right? It's mm. about time kind of all being all happening at once. Mm. But we are on one particular trajectory and sometimes they get mixed up. There's a great TV show that's based on a book and I can't remember what it's called now. I'll have to look it up where you can see into the other, like you're you're living in a city, but you can see, I think it's something like Two Cities or something. Right. It's not a tale of two cities. It's some sort of dystopian. Anyway, I'll get back to that later. Anyway, so that's that first area. The second area, stone tape theories. This is really interesting, Michelle, and I don't think I've ever heard this one before. It's focusing on walls and certain environments absorbing electromagnetic activity. So like haunted houses, the places that Sean and his paranormal gang would go to. Or my first ghost story that we had back in season, I think it was one, where we talked about ghosts and I was experiencing something in the flat that had been there for a long time in central London. The radio came on and the radio coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So these walls act as a tape or a recording device. Mm. And when the conditions are replicated, Mm. it plays it back. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, I guess that feeds into the theory of places holding not memory, but energy. energy. Because you think about all of these haunted mystical places like Stonehenge and Druid stuff and even pyramids. Yeah. You know, they are actual physical stone constructions that mm. hold the energy of all of these supernatural things that were going on. So I, yeah, I That's love that right. theory. 
So these theories could explain the repetitive nature of some paranormal events. Mm. Like if you go to a, somewhere and you see or hear the same thing and other people go there and they hear and see the same thing, that could be explained away by some of these things. But what about, for example, in episode 15, season two, London Poltergeist, yeah. fantastic episode, one of my favourites, because I love the three stories that we covered. There's poltergeists. So they can travel. In the case of Shirley Hitchens, she had one that followed her all the way to the TV studio, yes, if you believe that's it. that's right. It was attached to her, she thought. It was attached yeah. to her, yeah. So if you know anything about this or have seen the film Poltergeist or heard any of the podcasts or our podcast, then you'll know never underestimate the power of a teenage girl's mind. Mm. Noisy and troublesome, the poltergeist doesn't have a point of origin, but usually there is a teenager in the mix with most of the activities going on around them. Right. And there's things like furniture being thrown away around, yeah. knocking, banging, yeah. levitation. We all know the stories. They're great. Mm. So leading parapsychologists have suggested that poltergeists are psychokinetic manifestation. Right. So that's energy of the mind. So you're... Making things happen. Okay, so... Power of the mind. So they don't think it's supernatural at all. They just think no. it's projection, mind projection. Well, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And in a way, I, qu I quite like all three of those explanations because I had this conversation with my hairdresser yesterday, and I'll go into that in a little while if we get time, but we don't know and it's okay to say i don't know yeah is it are ghosts real are they not or is it just somehow we've got these massive brains and some of us have access to other parts that no one else has access to yeah i'll tell you my hairdresser's theory later anyway alec asks why it's usually ghosts of people who died violently what are you doing oh there's a fly I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I thought you had a ghost in your oh, face. <laughs> Sorry, no. Put your hands out it's in front so of you. Fly. I was trying to get away from my There's face. There's no one there, Michelle. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alec asks why it's usually ghosts of people who died violently rather than regular Joes who slip away in their sleep. But we spoke about this recently. Mm. I can't remember what episode, two or three ago. Unfinished business, isn't it? Do you know what? It was two episodes ago when we were talking about reincarnation memories. Ah, yes, that's it. That seems to be what children are remembering. Yeah, yeah. But not people who just died in their sleep like grandmas no, and that. No, they're, no. they're people who's, who I, I guess... Snuffed out suddenly. Snuffed out suddenly, violently, tragically, and yeah. want another go at life. So that's it. Yeah. Go. So there's your answer, Alec. Mm. Now, he kindly listed some haunted sites across the home counties, Ooh. but I've only chosen a couple because they're near to me. Ooh. For example, Bracknell, not just famed for its coral reef water world, which I put myself well out of my comfort zone <laughs> oh, a couple of weeks ago with my children. My idea of hell. <laughs> Uh, there was some screaming. In fact, my, my youngest son w went ahead of us on one that was particularly hairy. We didn't know until we got in it because there's many to choose from. Mm. And we could hear him going, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> so not only does it have the water world of Coral Reef, it also, Bracknell also has a couple of haunted sites. Ooh. There's a pub called the Horse and Groom yeah. <laughs> where the spirit unlocks the spirit unlocks the spirit cabinets after hours, so spirits for a spirit. No, boozy, boozy hound spirits. A boozy spirit. Wow. But I've told you my theory on this, haven't I? Well, it's not my theory. Spirits are called spirits because when you get drunk, you lose your, not inhibitions, but your ability to keep them out. So when you oh. are drunk, 
that's when the low life spirits enter humans. And that's why you don't have any memory and you do weird stuff that you would never normally do. It's because you've been taken over. But, <laughs> but this is why they're called spirits. And this comes from a theory from that's like two or three hundred years old where people who oh, get drunk. Okay. Other people think this. Yes, it's not just my theory. I'm just telling you my theory. Anyway. So that's why they're called spirits. Interesting. We'll ponder that. Okay, so the other people have also seen an elderly cleaning woman upstairs. Okay. Then there's another pub. They love a pub, these spirits. You've just <laughs> illustrated in your fantastic theory. There's the Old Manor Pub, also in Bracknell, which was formerly known as Gallows Common, which is where they would execute the prisoners from Reading Jail up until 1793. After 1793, no, no, they didn't stop killing them or executing them. They just moved the scaffold within the walls of the prison. There is a hooded priest nicknamed Old Fred due to it being a hiding place from when the Catholic clergy were fleeing. Henry VIII was getting rid of them. If you remember, he wanted to flip it round so he could get divorced from Catholic to Protestant and he was getting rid of all the Catholics, Mm -hmm. uh, the Catholic clergies, and uh, they would hide out. So that's where they ended up with Old Fred, who was a hooded priest. And there was also uh, a mustachioed punter, like a bar drinker from the 70s who died and just never left. Oh. It's like a, ha- a distinctive handlebar moustache. Okay. And there's also an impish girl in the bar area. Oh. Now, near Reading, there's a place called Tilehurst. I don't know it. And at the Roebuck Inn, there's a couple of guest rooms, number six and eight, which are haunted by an old admiral. Okay. In those rooms, you'll feel the temperature drop Furniture will move and it smells of tobacco. And there's also knocking on the walls, windows and doors get shut. The reason Mm -hmm. why this spirit is still there, they believe, is because he died in a fire there after going back in to save his dog who had actually escaped out the window. Oh, no. Well, do you know what? This reminds me a little bit of one of the stories that I found. And it's... Loretta Lynn, you know, the country singer, Loretta Mm. Lynn. Now, she has often talked about supernatural activity at her place. And she owns this kind of plantation mansion from the 19th century. She lives there and she always talks about it being haunted. And And actually, she lived there. She doesn't live there anymore because... She built another like uh, another house on the property. But the weird thing is she bought this place in 1966. Honestly, it looks like something like gone gone f- from the wind. No, gone, gone with the wind. It looks like something out of gone with the wind. Oh, don't even. I'm just hung over. <laughs> and do you know what? I actually have to apologize. I feel like I've just been going. Blowing in the wind. Blowing in the wind. Blow it out your ass. I feel like I've been going. The whole time. There's a lot of vocal Sorry. vocal fry going on Sorry. here. That's all right. Um, you know, you're not feeling your mm. peak peak performance. But yeah, poor old Loretta Lynn. So she's got this amazing, beautiful house. When she bought it, they threw the town in. So she owns the whole town. What? Oh, yeah, wow. not just this plantation mansion. She reckons she's actually a little bit psychic because three years before she bought the house, she wrote a song about living in a haunted house. And her mum is a little bit psychic too. So she says her mum had a vision of the death of one of her kids. So she'd gone to the ranch and she had this vision and she was so freaked out by it, she left and went home. And Loretta's like, mum, what what happened? Why'd you leave? And finally she got it out of her mum and her mum said, listen, one of your kids is going to die. 
in the creek oh on the property. God. And Loretta's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It happened. Oh, no. Yeah, her son, Jack, died. He was crossing the creek on horseback and, and died. Oh. So, yeah, the mum is a bit psychic. Loretta is actually a, a bit psychic. And I actually don't know too much about Loretta Lynn more than she was pregnant at 13. Wow. Had four kids before she was 17. It's a coal miner's daughter. And Sissy Spacek, <laughs> you know, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, she played yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, apparently this property, it's haunted by Confederate soldiers and slaves because they kept oh. slaves on the property. Whoa. And they've, she's had, there's, there's one room called the Brown Room and that's where the kids won't sleep. The animals won't go in there. There are dead flies everywhere. They don't know why. It's always freezing cold. The The windows are frosted. And, um, yeah, a- apparently, like, when one of the kids were were young, like, Confederate soldiers were pulling the boots off the kids. What? Yeah, and they, they heard, like, slaves rattling the chains in the slave pits under the house. And there's a woman in white who apparently had lived on their property and had lost her baby and they see her looking for the baby <gasps> around the graveyard oh. and you know there there was ghosts inside the house and people because they it's now open for tours but people see it see these ghosts like it's not just Loretta so yeah really really interesting um, I'd love to go there it's about an hour west of Nashville apparently but yeah full of civil war ghosts full of slave ghosts why are you crying? Drop it. I was going to say about my hairdresser going back to <gasps> yes. the walls being soaked up. My hairdresser does not believe in ghosts, oh. but he does believe in all sorts of other things, okay. right? He also says that he, you know, he he agreed with me yesterday when we were talking about it that we don't know. Maybe there are ghosts mm. and he'll be proven wrong. Who knows? But... He did say that he has he has all sorts of interesting clients, not just myself. <laughs> he had a forensic psychologist, not a forensic examiner, yeah. but he has done all of the big, big cases. Ooh. He gets called into the big national cases that you hear about in this country. And he also has a medium who, when he first opened the salon, said, oh, so do you want me to room clear? She's a room clearer as well. Wow. And he doesn't believe in that. <laughs> Would you like me to clear your space? Because you've got this energy hanging around. He's like, oh, he didn't want to say he doesn't really believe in it. But he was like, no, you're all right. And she said, because you must have lots of problems with water and flooding downstairs, do you? And he's like, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. I do. And then she said, well, the, the previous owner is still here. <gasps> he's just walking around. No, this is just he's minding his own business. It's like it's every day. He's he's not like interacting with anyone. He's just doing his own thing. Okay. And then she and then he said also that there was a problem with the light and he showed me there's a light on the way down the stairs to the basement yeah. that he he pushed it and it worked again. But he said, I don't know why. He said, Watch it, it'll go off. And I was like, Huh? And he said, It just goes off. It won't do it now. But of course, boom, it no. went off. So he's got dodgy electrics. The woman had said, you'll have problems with the, the basement and some lights. Well, some of the lights won't work in here. Oh, my God. And that's exactly what happened. Why didn't he right? get her but into room clear? I'd be like, come on, lady. He didn't believe oh. it. Oh, he's not bothering him. He's not He's not affected by it. Mm. So it's no biggie. But then he said that, and he's told me the story before. 
and I forgot it, but he used to, his grandparents used to look after memorials, like war memorials and things oh. like that. And there was one that he used to visit as a child and it, and it was a, it had big kind of like steps that went round and round up to the top. And he used to follow his nana and granddad as they walk up. Yeah. But recently he took his own children there to see this place. And as he was walking up with his own son, he saw a few feet ahead of him, like just in front of him, his nan's tights, <gasps> tartan skirt, her feet, legs, oh my tan God. stockings, everything clear. And as he was retelling it to me, he, you could see he was affected by it because he said it was just there. And I just think it was probably my brain kicking into a little bit like the stone tape theories mm. in a way. Everything was replicated. So here, here is the spirit or the image of his nana that he always used to see yeah, going, walking up the stairs. Because he was the little boy them. behind. Wow. Yeah. From his perspective and everything. Yeah. I'd love to know what happens when he goes again. Yeah. He has promised to tell me. That is my lovely hairdresser from Rooms of Cut and Colour. Shout out. <laughs> well, Kingston. Do you know, I, I often think that people who don't believe are the ones that have the encounters. I don't know why, because, it, you know, you hear this a lot. I don't believe in ghosts. And yet this happened to me. And they still don't believe. And they can't really put it or categorize it in any way. But they just retell it as a story but all the people who really do believe and are desperate for the ghosts to come in and yeah. show themselves they never they get, it. get it they never get it it's always the oh. people who don't believe so well listen if anybody out there has any good ghosty stories mm. for us that would be you know anything that's even similar to the ones we've talked about or not we are going to do the two-parter michelle we will follow up because i'm sure there are more things to talk about yeah. i have a feeling we're going to get a few people after this episode writing in of course and you never know maybe hazel will have had something happen on this weekend's viewings who knows who knows oh well <laughs> i loved all your stories thank you so much and thank you for yours and thank you just for showing up michelle you didn't have to i'm not my best apologies everybody apologies <laughs> anyway well, we'll love you and leave you, eavesdroppers. Yeah. But we will see you next week or you'll hear us next week. Yes. Have a good time. And keep on. Eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.